This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin Aruta here from Digital Marketing Fastlane. Today, I have a very special guest to have Daniel from Budai Media. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? I'm super excited to have you here. Hey, Kevin and everyone. I'm really glad to be here and thanks for the invite. I'm doing great. Thank you. Perfect. Daniel also has a podcast, has a show. I've been on it as well. Today, we really want to dive deep into email marketing. So, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into email marketing and built your company around email marketing? I have a very different path than marketing because I studied geology and petroleum engineering in university. So very different background, but uh, I dropped off uh, in 2016. I just registered to Upwork and I started copywriting and fast forward. So in the last uh, three years, I established my own agency and uh, today we are 20 people and we help uh, e-commerce businesses grow with uh, mostly email marketing, but SMS, Messenger as well, loyalty programs. And we also do website uh, conversion optimization. So all of these, and we try to combine these channels with our unique uh, strategy. You've probably seen a lot of email marketing. I think the new iOS update, the news tracking, I think email marketing is even more important than ever before. What are some of your thoughts with the new updates to the tracking and how do you see email being impacted there? Yeah, I totally agree. So I'm not a Facebook ad expert, but I keep my eyes open and I can see that a few, actually many, unfortunately, many of our clients, they struggle with Facebook ads. So first of all, I really recommend uh, everyone that you should diversify how you get website traffic. So don't just rely on Facebook ads, but try Google ads, YouTube ads, SEO, and all of these different channels. That's number one. And number two, start focusing on your data more, learn Google Analytics more, and learn email marketing and how to read data from your email marketing software. Try to focus more on customer retention and lifetime customer value. And number three is email marketing, our core area. Try to build out your first email flows if you don't have them, and then uh, send email campaigns. And, you know, just nurture your email list, take care of your subscribers and customers, try to build a real relationship with them. I wonder how you guys think about it for your businesses and your clients profitability wise. Are you guys using Facebook traffic, Google traffic? Obviously you guys don't do that, but are your brands thinking about it as like an acquisition to get a customer? And then with email, it's for repeat purchase, the retention. How do you guys work out these numbers with the brands Mm -hmm. you work with? It's still tricky these days because Google Analytics shows completely different things than Klaviyo, for example, because of the attribution window. But now I don't want to get into this. Most e-commerce business owners, they just understand this, that it's a technical problem. But beside that, so I think Klaviyo's AI is very smart. And if you use Shopify, then you can see the customer lifetime value. It's calculated by Klaviyo's AI. And when I was in Boston, I asked their product manager and they told me how it works. They showed me a huge list of equations and all of that. Some serious mathematical background. 
behind it. But if you don't want to get into yeah. this so much, so Clavio shows you the customer lifetime value, how much somebody has spent so far and what's the what's the predicted future lifetime value. You can see these separately. The more data you have, the more precise it becomes. And you can see very interesting data and, and you can segment people based on these. That, For example, somebody spent 1500 bucks so far and we predict that they will spend 3000 in the next two years. And you can see it in Clavio. You can segment based on this. You can even set up an email flow that uh, when somebody is expected to buy next time, which is very useful, for example, for Valentine's Day or Black Friday and all of these events. Basically, in Clavio, you can see the customer lifetime value of these customers. And I think it's highly valuable. You know their value and then you can spend a certain amount on Facebook and then the whole equation just makes sense. From what I'm seeing here, and you probably see it too, with most of the brands that you work with that are more successful, it's e-commerce now is becoming really like a long-term play. Two, three years ago, it was kind of, I'm going to make 100, 200K profit a month, where now I'm seeing acquisitions is getting harder. And if you really want it to be in e-commerce, you have to be in it for the long-term. And it's not this thing where you're going to just generate tons of cash. This e-commerce thing is going to be like sucking your cash now because there's so much stuff to do. And I think about it before. It's interesting because e-commerce seems so easy. Everybody was jumping in and everybody's doing stores. Now it's like a traditional business where you don't see profits for one or two years. And then finally, customers like my stuff. They're coming back to buy again. Of course, there's people on YouTube make $100,000 a year. You can, but that's the exception, not the rule. The rule is a long-term brand. So how do you think? I just thought about it the other day that let's say you do Facebook ads to generate your traffic or Google ads. And when you spend money on ads, the platform really gives you an opportunity to buy the opportunity to show your product to someone. And uh, if they buy, then uh, you have the opportunity that they try it at least once. And you make, let's say, even $1 million you can make if you are a dropshipper and a lot of people buy your products very quickly. But uh, if they don't come back, they are not happy then you don't have a business. Even if you made, let's say $1 million, I could see guys like that. Because you have zero retention, they don't come back, you don't have a stable business. And uh, once the marketing director of, um, I think Deichmann, it's a German shoe company, he said that there is no reason to get one-time shoppers. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You should forget that. You want customers only who come back because if they just come and they just buy once and they leave forever, it just doesn't make any sense to do that. So yeah. I think he's very smart about this. And, and um, yeah, I think what you're saying, it's, it's like the mentality of e-commerce needs to shift. It's people just want that one-time purchase. But if your one-time purchase sucks, why are you even doing it? Well, I've worked with a lot of people before in the past where they have like these stores and they're just like, I never want to answer emails. I never want to talk to my customers. What do you want to do then? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I mean, you can, it, it's possible. And that's a dream, but look at these big companies. I don't know, for example, Clavio, right? Yeah. They have such a great product that they get a customer. The customer is there like myself, yourself for years. And we're also yeah. like evangelizing them because we mention them all the time. Think about that. They're not paying us, but the product is so good and it does such a great job that we mentioned so many times and there's only certain products that do that, right? Of course, like Clavio is one, Shopify is another one, right? Like there's all these like yeah. software companies that we use. They're so good, but you buy something from a store and you're just, nah, I don't want it anymore. It was okay, right? So that's what most products are. They're just okay. Maybe yeah. one reason why e-commerce companies tend not to have 
a customer support or not a good one while software companies or service companies they have because if you sell a product it's relatively simple it's a yep. physical thing people can see they can touch it they can use it so probably to sell it it's not as difficult as a service or software yeah. maybe they think that the e-commerce companies they think that okay if they buy it, then i don't need a support they yeah. are happy <laughs> but that's not the thing i think it's so. the opposite because it's so easy to not like it i have a cleaning company you need to actually talk to them and walk them through it's not a physical thing so you can't say hey here's a cleaning you can touch it yeah, right yeah. a product you can touch it you know how it feels like but even then it's so much easier to say oh i don't like it a, a story for me was i yeah. purchased a camera recently from amazon right of course yeah, yeah and then i got it i literally opened it and then i couldn't open the thing and i looked uh -huh. at the camera and i was like oh i don't like it anymore and i threw it out it was like 20 bucks. I was like, I don't want anymore. Literally, I was just like, what is wrong with me? And then like I told my friend and she's like, how come you're not returning it? I was like, it's a hassle to return it. But then I, for me, it's just like a bad experience because like, yeah. for them, they don't know that because they didn't call me anything like that or email yeah. me. I really recommend the book, um, Tom Sia. He he died last year, I think. Is it called, the book uh, called? Delivering Happiness, Zapos. Oh, yeah, Tony Heish. Yeah, that's a I great book about this topic. Their sales team was their customer support. Yeah. Delivering happiness from Tony Heish. He passed away from a tragic accident. He wrote the book on customer service. And people think about, and that was Zappos, Zappos.com. It got acquired by Amazon for like over a billion dollars. Their whole business, if you think about their whole business model, it was built on customer service. Zappos is literally drop shipping for shoes. Two yeah. or something. When did he start? 2000. Drop shipping people think in a bad term. But it's just a form of shipping, but you can make it into a real legit business with great assets, with great people. And Zappos is an example of this. If you listen to the early story of Tony talking about uh -huh. Zappos, he said that if someone placed an order for a Nike shoe, someone, their team would just go to the store down the block, buy it and then ship it. And that's how they started. And that's essentially what dropshipping is. You place an order, yeah. but what happens with dropshipping and I see now a lot of people is you don't turn into a proper business. You don't have great communication. Your website looks like shit. You don't have emails. Again, like emails about coming back again. But Danny, I want to talk to you now about emails. What are you seeing some patterns that you're working really well right now? Are you doing a lot of retention emails? Are you doing a lot of personal emails from founders? What are some email formats that you see working well? I think uh, there are a few trends what I can see past few months. And uh, you just mentioned one of them, which is personalized emails. I just got an email uh, from Tim Bird. He's a well-known Facebook ads guy, and uh, he tries to sell his tickets. <laughs> the 20,000 ticket? Yeah, I know. But actually, the email was well-written, and I, as an email marketer, I know it's automated, but still, yeah. it felt very personalized. And I really want to encourage every e-commerce brand to try it. You don't need any logo. Just write an email. Similarly, when you write an email to your friends, maybe you can include your signature because it creates a lot of trust. It's very professional, I think, but no images needed, just a regular uh, plain text email. And even if you are a fashion brand, doesn't matter what you sell, you can do this. I think at least once, twice a month, something like that. That's one thing. And uh, also with my team, we can see that content emails and trust building emails, they work better and better every year. We have brands where 80% of the emails are content and the trust builders, for example, we collect the customer reviews and we send them out the next week and they outperform a regular sales promo. I think people are just, they are fed up with sales emails and sales all the time. 
and they really enjoy content if you nurture your uh, subscribers and customers and it works quite well. We had a brand last uh, year, a fashion brand. They uh, sell shades, sunglasses. Now they started selling watches as well. And we generated a six-figure amount in one week with emails with only, I think we sent out 11 emails in one week and only one or two were sales emails. The rest of them was, thank you for buying today from us. I think we even said this, that it was a record sale for our company and we are really grateful for that, for every customer. Yes. You make us great. You need a solid brand, solid audience to do this. Maybe not every brand could afford it. I cannot imagine Amazon doing it, that this is a record day for us. <laughs> I guess so they do it on the prime day. It depends on the audience, but try to be transparent and honest. I think it really works. And so not just email marketing, but in general, I think these brands are the winners these days. Transparency, honesty, and respecting your customers, creating a community, all of these counts a lot. Especially if you are a D2C brand, you are not a dropshipper, then it works great. Here, you mentioned some great points. Those personalized emails, when you're doing these personalized emails, I think you touched about it very little, which is like you remove the header. You're saying basically do plain text, correct? Or just like very exactly. basic. Yeah. Exactly. I think in Clavia, you used to do a text block, correct? And then you just like type it in manually. For people listening, those work really well. They work well as like, thank you notes. Hey, thank you for buying, for feedback. I really like doing those and I do a lot of those. So maybe one more and uh, maybe you will be surprised, but we have this kind of email has its own story because it was on a sleepy rainy Monday when I, I wrote emails to my clients back then and I didn't know what to send. I was out of ideas. So I was, this is Monday. I'm not the only guy who is, who is bored. So maybe just Google some jokes and just share it with their audience, with their yeah. customers. So I just found some related jokes. This client sold a kitchenware, kitchen products, knives, and I found some jokes and I just put them into the email. I sent it out and it made, I don't know, $1,000, something like that. Back then it was a good number for that client. And uh, we still do this with clients, not with everyone, but not with a luxury beauty yeah. brand, maybe, but for many clients, we do this Monday jokes and it works quite well. People are bored. They want to laugh and then you can just link the products and the footer in the PS they buy. That's funny. Another thing too, that I think is very important, what you said before was these sort of content emails or like these value emails, people don't do these enough. And I think sometimes people feel I'm emailing my customers too much, but at least for me personally, I love, I sign up to tons of email newsletters. The reason why I'm signing up for, because I want to learn something. And I think in your brand and your niche, you could teach people something. I sign up for a lot of like tech people that write about tech news. I can still yeah. see the articles, but I want to see someone's opinion on it. And I think opinion pieces, value pieces are so important. And brands don't really do that much where they maybe give an opinion on the industry as a whole, new stuff coming out. The market and e-commerce marketers, business owners, they need to be more educated because yep. I think many of them, they have a good intention to create great emails, but they just don't see any examples out there. And that's the problem. They just don't know who to follow. And my company, we try to help them and show them good examples, because if you just tell them, be honest and transparent, but there is no example, then you don't know how to do it. I can see it with many business owners. So we try to show examples and email copy and templates and all of that. 
you probably know Daniel, but there's a website, reallygoodemails.com, mill.com. There's also a few other yeah. ones where you can see email templates or examples. So kind of what you're saying, sometimes you just need an example of what works. And people always say, oh, no one reads emails. But I read, I sign up to emails that I get every single day. There's some marketing emails that I exactly. open up every day. And the reason why, it's because I know the content's good. If it's a sale email every day, of course, I'm not going to open it. But if it's, here's my story or here's what's happening in the company this week, sometimes those emails are very interesting for people because they want to know the inner workings of a startup, of a D2C brand. Because most customers, let's say you're in your niche of fitness, beauty, your customers are still human. A lot of people still aspire to be entrepreneurs. So you can talk about entrepreneurship because that's a very broad topic, building this is what logistics problem we're having. And people can connect to that saying, oh, wow, this company I bought purchase something from has issues. People follow founders. I follow yourself. You talk about your business right before the podcast. We're talking about your company. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have the same issues. Even though we're both very different industries, you still have the same. Yeah, yeah. That's something to think about. Exactly. You know, when I talk with a potential client or an e-commerce business owners and I tell them we send out 15 email campaigns a month or 20 or yeah. 25, then say it's just too much. It's too much promotion. And then I tell them, yeah, because your content is not good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but if it was good, then people would read it. And, uh, just as you said, email lists with the highest engagement and results, the email, the list at least five times a week and yeah. people read it, they are engaged and it works. Same for SMS, by the way, I can okay, hear yep. it. It's just too much promotion. Check out Gary V's text list. He sends a motivational quotes and people read. How much revenue have you guys generated with email so they can get a really good grasp of how important it is to have email in your email campaigns or to work with a company like you that truly understands it? It depends on the niche, but uh, I think a good go-to number is around 20-30% of your monthly revenue as an e-commerce business. So 20-30% generated from email every single month. And uh, depending on your niche and uh, the customer journey, it can be down to 10%. If you sell furniture, people don't buy it every month. So there is less retention there. Your email revenue will be lower. But if you are in the beauty niche or cheaper jewelry, pet products, baby products, it can go up to 40, 50, even higher percent. We have several clients where we have 50%. The half of their monthly revenue comes from email and they are high seven-figure, low eight-figure businesses, it's crucial for them. We have a client selling uh, outdoor hiking products. And uh, when he came to us, their uh, revenue, 30% of their revenue was from email. Mm -hmm. And we thought that, ah, it's hard to increase that. It's, it will be difficult. And after a few months, it was uh, more than 50% from oh, email. Wow. We changed the strategy from sales to content. People like it more, they engage more. We implemented the new flows, more campaigns, and we really doubled down on the engaged segment of the audience. Huge boost, almost 20% increase in revenue just from emails. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Daniel, last question I have for you for today. What are some hacks that you can do to get a higher conversion, more sales, anything that you can put in your email, buttons, uh, design, what have you seen work well for you? If case yeah, like you yeah, need I, that sale, life or death, I need to make money. I believe more in strategy than techniques. There are many techniques for sure. Nowadays, I try to think about email templates and copy similarly to a website. There is website conversion optimization. There is email conversion optimization. Mm. So just try to keep the template clean and every sentence should be one a separate paragraph. So don't 
use a big chunk of text. People don't read it. Like the LinkedIn post that you see lately, just one line of text. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make it scannable, readable. Try to keep the email short because people, they hate scrolling down, except your copy is amazing. And use two, three images and not more. And uh, all images should be a link as well. Yeah, and also try to use as uh, few links as you can. Maximum three, four, if it's possible. Especially if you are just starting out. We have a case study. We compared emails with 20 links, 30 links, a lot of links, versus only one, two, three, and always the ones with the one, two, three, one. The difference was almost double in revenue. Mm -hmm. Also because the spam filter hates uh, too many links. It's also interesting. I've seen a study too. By the way, I really like that concept of email conversion rate optimization. I've never heard somebody say that. It just makes sense because it's like a web page yeah. on your phone. Yeah, right? yeah. The user experience, yeah. basically. So everybody talks about subject line. It's important. Yep. What's even more important is the sender name. So, yep. and you can play with that. You can put your own name there, your brand's name. Sometimes you can use funny names on Valentine's Day, for example, Mr. Valentine, or I don't know, something <laughs> funny. And you can change this just like your subject line. Check out Chubbies. They play a lot with this. They have great emails, very funny emails. Their engagement is super high. You can play with the sender name as well, not just the subject line. What you're saying is so important. So for people listening or watching on YouTube, I actually have a case study on the sender name in an upcoming video, so you can watch that. But I also have this on my Twitter account where you play with different names. So for example, like we're talking about Valentine's Day, you can put your lover, your girlfriend, something that's different. We do this a lot in the supplement space. For example, mm -hmm. let's say you're selling blood support. You can say your blood support, your sugar support, yeah. something like that, where it's very relevant to what you're selling. And People don't really play with this. Direct response email marketers do this all the time. The guys that yeah. like want every single optimization. I had one more point that you touched on that I want to mention. I forgot now. Oh man, what was it, Daniel? Daniel, where can people go find you and learn more about you and potentially hire your company? Check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. Budai is my surname, B-U-D-A-I. This is our website. We have our Facebook group, Top E-Commerce email marketing group. You can find it on Facebook or just find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, Daniel Budai, and you can just DM me. Anytime. And your podcast as well, your show? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Ecom show, yeah. you can find it basically on all of the major podcast platforms. We've had more than 50 episodes, two of them with Kevin. We try to invite e-commerce business owners who are uh, inspiring for everyone and uh, e-commerce marketers. Sounds so good. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Please make sure to visit Daniel's website, connect with him on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever he's on. Join his Facebook group. A lot of good stuff on there. Tips, hacks about how to improve your email flows and your email campaigns. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you and talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, Kevin. I really enjoyed it. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.